0: Good morning, everyone. Good to see you here. Pastor David, senior pastor here at Valley. If this is your first time, welcome. It's good to have you. You can check out some of the series that we have done. We have them all archived on our website. You can go check that. We just finished a series called The Huddle Up, and it was all an opportunity for us to do what we're called to do as a church, and that is to, to gather together in small groups so you can still join those. We're in week two of that, so uh, we're really enjoying our small group. Andrea and I are leading uh, for parents and young marrieds and married folks, just talking about family, and we've got so many that are offered. You can jump on board. We've got financial matters. You know, we've got that. Hey, and I want you to uh, encourage you to sign up for that Valentine's dinner. Okay, so that's going to be a free event to you, okay? Come on out, get a free Valentine's dinner, and then some awesome professional advice on how do you handle your finances within marriage and whatnot. So it's going to be a great night. We've got ch- uh, child care for you. Too, so don't uh, don't miss that. Sign up today. Um, so we're talking about building successful relationships. When week two, last week we talked about love, and we're going to cover seven different. Topics over four weeks, so we're kind of cramming it all in here. But this is taken from a book called "Building Successful Relationships" by Michael Fletcher. He's my pastor, and uh, matter of fact, I just wanted to kind of a quick update. Michael was actually invited to the National Prayer Breakfast up there in Washington D.C. That was pretty cool, and uh, he got a chance to connect with some folks there and pray over a nation together with those folks. So anyway, it's pretty neat that my pastor was there, and he was represented at that on a national Level, level. and then so anyway, we're going through this material and. Uh, So, the one profound truth we learned last week in the seven different applications. Let's talk about this. Proverbs chapter 23, and this is where we started, is it says this, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. The NIV says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. And so we learned, we talked about as an introduction last week, we talked about how important it is to guard our hearts, that therein lies the, the essence of who we are. What is our heart? Well, it's our, it's our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. The Bible, right there in the book of Proverbs, so it's talking about the fear of the Lord. Solomon's telling, hey, sons, listen to what I get ready to tell you. By chapter four, he throws in something incredibly profound, and that is guard your heart. So last week we talked about why it's so important to guard our heart, because it's, we, we're letting people in, we're letting ideas in, and we're talk, because we're talking about relationships, we're talking about as we let people into our lives, they're going to affect us, obviously. And so what we've already learned is that the success or failure of, of these relationships will affect our, real, our, our joy factor, our peace, our joy, our sense of confidence, and we all know this to be true. We're talking about our relationships in our family, of course. We're talking about our marriages. We're talking about our friendships, our coworkers. We're talking about any relationship that we may have. And so that's why these principles that we're learning are very transferable, very transferable. So there's something that we can apply in every aspect of life. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to sharpen our skills. And we're learning as we go along. So one of the things I wanted to mention before we get into the thick of the two next uh, principles we're gonna learn today is let's, let's try to be careful not to go retroactive. In other words, you know whatever's happened already in relationships, we really, I mean, we can fix those through forgiveness and, and whatnot, but it's really for another series, right? Now we're talking about moving forward. How can we take these principles and apply them to our relationships now? How can we be trained, if you will, and ready to go with new relationships. And and so we really have, I've also been making the case for making new relationships. And we need them. We need friendships. We need connection with people. And, and so that's why we do our small groups, is, and, and so I think it's kind of uh, important that we're talking about this just as we begin our small groups, because obviously you're getting to know new people, and you're trying to connect with those people. You have the, what is called the honeymoon phase when you get to new, meet new people, and it's just like everybody's on their good behavior, and then after the second and third week, fourth week, all of a sudden you really start to, you know, people start to find out who you really are, your political views, shame on you. But anyway, all the different stuff starts coming out, and, and, and you're revealing who you are, and so how how you as a believer relate to people is going to de- depend your success and your, your, your enjoyment of that relationship and even building new friendships out of that. So let's keep pushing forward. So we talked about the guarding of the heart is so important. So what do we put back in there? How do we guard the heart? How do we, through biblical advice and biblical principle, build on these relationships. How can we, if, if, if all of life centers around that and our peace and our joy and the success of, our, of those relationships are so uh, critical to our well-being, then let's take some time to learn. So we've talked about love. Last week, we talked about that. Not going to re-preach it, but love biblically is sacrificial, the Bible kind of love, meaning I, I'm called to give, give, give and pour into. And the measure I use will be measured back to me. And what I reap, I, I, and what I sow, I will reap. And so as we're pouring into these relationships with true biblical love, we can expect to see not only transformation in the people we're loving, but it poured back into our life. We can, we can entrust that to God. And so that's the way it works. All right. So today, though, we're going to talk about faith and interest faith and interest. Let's talk, not, not compound interest with money. I'm talking about interest in people. We'll come to that. But what is faith? Michael says it this way, believing more for someone than they do for themselves. That's so good, isn't it? You having faith for a person's life, and people can sense that. They know that you are, are, are speaking life in it. And how can we do that? How can we show that? Because we can believe it, But people don't know it until you speak it, until you communicate it, whether it be through your body language, with your invitation to be a part of their life. But most often, it comes with words, doesn't it? So let's look at Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, and it says this, "But but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. In other words, as often as you can. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Hmm. This is saying a lot here. What it's basic, if we back up into this verse, start with the end and go to the front, then what we see is, wow, so you mean that a lack of encouragement in my life can cause me to drift into discouragement? Yes, but also set me up for sin? Absolutely. You know, we can get jaded by this world. This world is full of a lot of negativity, and we all know that. Paul warned us about that to Timothy and saying that in the last days, the love of most would grow cold. And so we're kind of living in those, you know, when this, our nation is divided. It's, it's a lot of vitriol and a lot of fighting and, and, and you, know, you know, meme putting out there, mean memes and all that. It's, it's just a rough time to be connecting with people. You know, you just never know. You're going to stand on a landmine of different things that people believe. And so It's rough. And so if we want to build successful relationships, then we need to do, if we want to even get into a person's life, it starts with encouragement. It starts with encouragement. You know, when per, when in, in negativity, when it sneaks in, it, 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 it will do an amazing, powerful thing in the way of tearing people down. We know this even with children, and we teach this in the, in the small group we're doing right now, that it takes, it takes... 10 different encouragements to outdo or to fix what one negative tearing down word will say, whether it be to a child or an adult. And we all know that. So if, if we're speaking negative things into people's lives, it causes them to stumble and maybe resentment can grow and even bitterness. And that is very damaging to a human being's life, even physically. But in our relationships, you know, no one wants to hang around with a negative person. Just don't want to do it. And if you tend toward being negative, then you probably don't have a lot of friends. And if you do have a lot of friends, they're probably mostly negative friends. And you guys have a negative party, I guess. But that's just the way it works. And so people kind of withdraw from that. We learned that last week, to be an energy giver or an energy taker. And if we want to continue to be an energy giver, one of the ways we can do that is being a person who speaks encouragement. So we can... Well, what does encouragement mean? Literally, it means to give courage. Isn't that interesting? So it's not just saying something nice to them. It's actually going to have an ongoing effect to give them a more of a boldness. It'll help them to face life with courage, especially when you're thinking about our children, Thinking about people that have so many challenges out there to encourage people helps them to turn around and face whatever the struggle that they're getting ready to face. Man, I remember one that it's so distinct to me because it was just one of those moments. It really just changed my life. You know, I'll, I'll, as a, as a, as a, uh, of a palette of of understanding here. I started off, you know, 17 years, my first 17 years without Christ, I didn't have a lot of encouragement. I did for some coaches, and that was good. And I'm so grateful to the coaches in my life who who taught me that. But there were a lot of other people who didn't know how to do that, teachers and maybe even my family. And so, you know, a lot of negative speech. And so I didn't have a very strong self-image as a result of that. And when you don't have a very strong self-image, you're, 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 uh, uh, you're, Whatever you it is, your direction as far as your success is it, it's going to be very low. You're going to shoot low. You just you don't think you can do it. You don't have courage to live life. You just don't. You don't have courage to do the things that, that, are, that are bigger than you. you know? And so, even, even if it is a God thing, you're just saying, I just can't do it. So, then the next many, many years of my life were filled with men, men and women who spoke encouraging words to me. And I'll never forget one. I'm a young pastor and I'm there down in Fayetteville, and shoot, Andrea and I are not even married yet. I think we were courting in those days, and, and I remember I was just so discouraged. I had an individual in, in my ministry as a, as a really young youth pastor that was just kind of undermining what I was doing, and was just speaking, and kind of causing some of the kids to turn against me, and it was just, it was falling apart, and I was so discouraged, and I remember talking to Andrea about it, and poor Andrea couldn't pull me out of it either, and we just were both just sitting there, and I remember one of these days, Michael walked in, and it was just before lunch, and he walked in, and he was, just, you know, he was obviously filled up with faith, and he was excited about something going on in, in his life. And he said, hey, guys, what are you doing? We're just saying, oh, you know, just hanging out. And of course, for me, I'm just like, I'm not going to let him know what's going on. I mean, he's my boss and my friend. But he says, hey, look, let's go get lunch. And so we're like, okay. So, I mean, I'm not very encouraged. I mean, I'm just, I'm on the ground floor. So we go out to lunch, and I begin, to, Michael looks at me, he goes, man, what's going on? And so I shared it with him what was going on and what I was discouraged about. And, man, he just took this, the rest of the lunch and just pour into me encouragement. Just say, David, this, David, that. You know, this is normal. This is something that happens, you know, to young pastors. You know, it's going to be all right. Don't worry about it. Keep pushing forward. You know, and just boom, 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 filling my heart with truth and principle and even prophetic insight, you know, and, and even Paul talks about that to Timothy, to fan into flame the gifts that God has placed inside you. And that comes with encouragement. And so anyway, my heart just got so filled up and, I, and I, my problem didn't fix. It didn't fix. But what happened was I had courage to face it. I had now, I just felt like, okay, you know, God was with me. I'm, I'm going to be okay. And, and so I, remember, I went in there, fixed that, I confronted some issues and, and it was just so good. I learned a very, very, very powerful principle of how how encouragement can be. It can fill your heart with courage. It doesn't change the situation, but it definitely changes your heart and your viewpoint. It's amazing what it can do. Many people lack courage in our, in our generation. Matter of fact, I think that we are, when it comes to what is needed, especially young men, is courage. And I think we're, we're sadly lacking. It's because we're not getting the kind of affirmation we're getting told a lot of what we can't do. We're getting a lot of, told a lot of things that won't work. We're getting told a lot of that stuff. And so, you know, there's just no courage to really just face this life. But I'm telling you, I really believe that the, the real source of encouragement is God himself. Because you may be sit, thinking, sitting here just saying, you know, Pastor David, I don't know that I have a lot of encouraging things to say. Well, go to your Bible and find, you know, as re, it, it, the truth is so many of us do not have encouragement in, in us or we can't give it because we're not getting our hearts filled up with it. And, you know, God is so ready to fill us as we read his scripture, as we read his word, our hearts get filled up, and we hang around with people who have hearts filled with truth. And so we get filled up, we get filled up, and then now we've got something to give. So whether it be in your family, if you just feel like, and if even somebody's even told you that, man, look, look, if you've got nothing good to say, just don't talk. Perhaps somebody even has told you that. Or that you know this like you know, hell. Here comes the you know the naysayer again, you know. And if that's the case, like I said, people are going to withdraw from that. It, it, it's the sucking sound of life being removed. We want to be near people. That, so look, we can be that. I don't care what your personality is. I tend to be more of a guy who's very principled. You know, I'm kind of, I joke with people, I'm an EMT in the spirit, an emergency room doctor in the spirit. You come up to me and share your story, I'm gonna go, look, okay, this is what you need to fix right now. Bump, bump, bump. Hey, look, I I didn't want to hear that. I don't want to hear how to fix it. I just want to hear you say it's gonna be all right. I just want you to pray for me. I mean, I don't need five principles on why my life is a disaster. And I can do that. You guys want to sit down? I'll tell you. You know, I've got at least, you know, anyway, I'm joking. So that, that's just me. But that's because of how I live, because how I live my life. It's how, you know, it's what I do. And so I have to back up. And, and Andrea's helped me with that. Thank God she is such a wonderful example of an encourager. And, and, I, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But anyway, I've learned it from other men and other women who've, who've taught me how to be positive and to speak Words of life. And like I said, if I don't see it, God does. And I can grab a hold of some of those promises and begin to speak those things. And if we'll allow ourselves, we can actually get into the realm of the heart of God for an individual. If we'll just let, us, we'll just let him take us there. And, and, and that means we've got to get rid of pride. That means we've got to lower ourselves. That means we can't see. And we'll talk about a little bit more about that in a second. But speaking faith, seeing people the way God sees them. Wow, that's a big one, isn't it? And how does God see every individual? With an incredible amount of hope. With an incredible amount of potential. So when we walk up and we're just slamming people, you know, it's also speaking the truth in love. We're learning about that. You know, sometimes people come and they're gonna share truth with you, but it's not in love, the timing's wrong, the heart's not there, you know, the whole nine yards. It can feel heavy. It's not encouraging. It doesn't lift you up. But that's why Paul's saying, look, if you're gonna speak truth, speaking in love, okay, so that they walk away feeling encouraged, not like you just ripped their heart out, not where you just made them feel like, I don't have any hope for my life, you know, I'm, I don't know what to do. That's not what the goal is. The goal is for them to walk away feeling like, you know what, I may not have done well on this, but man, you believe in me. You believe I can do this. You, you, you know, you, you, you're praying for me, and I know that I can get through this. That's what our goal is. And bottom line is, people are drawn to people that believe in them. So true, that believe in them. It's a sad thing when even our parents can't seem to muster that. But you know what? God can fill us with that kind of encouragement. We should not base our lives or what we're doing going forward based on what anybody else has done negatively. Let's just be that light. Let's be those ones who fill others' hearts with encouragement. And there's every reason to do it. Every reason to do it. Because we've already learned we will reap what we sow. And when we're sowing encouragement in people's lives, we can expect a harvest of that. And you know what's really cool? Is remember how harvests work for our farmers out there. You sow one seed, you get 100-fold, 200-fold in return. So be an encourager. Be a blesser. You know, matter of fact, the Bible tells us to bless those, even those who are not blessable. To keep being a person that only speaks what is good because it comes back to you. Oh, Pastor David, I'm a man of reality. I just feel like I need to speak the way it is. Well, look, the measure you use will be used back upon you. Just be careful. Because guess what? Somebody's gonna come and read you the riot act on what it is that you need to fix. And sometimes those come very, very hard times and struggled moments. And, and when, excuse me, I'm sorry, when we need them, it is not there. But if we sow, 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 it will be there when we need it because God can do it. Everyone wants and needs someone in their life who believes in them. And you know what, folks? We can do this if we, if we choose to be. I don't care what your personality I don't care what your experience was. Don't use that as a crutch. Don't rely upon that. Know that God, whatever God puts in you, you can speak it. And as I said, I've learned that. I've learned a lot about how to be an encourager from others, from others. So how do we show faith real quickly? Speak words of faith. Speak it over people. And don't just assume that they know. Speak it over them and speak it over them Often. You know, one of the things that I love to do with my children is speak positive things from the, from the, from the get-go. Children are being nurtured. They're being, their hearts are being created by the words we speak into their lives. And so we like to make up, or I do anyway, I, I make up, I, I got like six or seven names for all of my kids. Okay, they've they got their given name, but I've got Powerhouse, I've got Beautiful. I, got, I mean, it just goes on and on. I could share some of them, but they would not want me to share them with you. You understand what I'm saying. But anyway, I got all these names, and, and they're communicating faith over their life and uh, I even do that with, with young men. If, if you're a, you know, a young man in this church, I've probably connected with you. I've called you powerhouse because I'm speaking faith over your life. I'm, I, I just believe in that, that I'm going to communicate over you faith and purpose and the way God sees you. I, don't even, I may not even know you, but you're a powerhouse to God, and I'm going to communicate that over you. I think that's so important. Words. Give them a chance, even if you think they're going to fail. You know, the older you get, sometimes we get a little bit, eh, I don't know, a little cagey when it comes to our space. And you almost want people to work harder for what they're going to come into, harder than even you did. For so many of us, we're here in this room today because somebody believed in us, took a chance on us. Boy, do I know that. You know? Uh, Quick story. You know, when I was in Bible college, I was working, and I was courting Andrea, and life was just going in every different direction, and I took a church administration course. Now, I'm ashamed to say it here publicly, because this is on Facebook. Shame to say it, but I got a D in that course. A D. I mean, that's terrible. And I remember my uh, my professor, and I won't mention his name. He's actually a, a, a nationally known guy. And he wrote on my paper, my final exam in paper, he said, I hope that whatever you put into doing in replacement of this was worth it. God bless you, David. And I'm just going, woo, zinger. But it was good. I deserved every bit of it. But what is even funnier is that several years later, I went to visit him. And I was sitting in his home. And he said, David, so what are you doing in the church now? I said, I'm the church administrator. And I remember him looking at me going, okay. Thank God for people having faith for your life. Because sometimes grades do not speak of what your potential is. Grades never really speak of what your aptitude is and what your heart and your passion is. Isn't that cool? Became the executive pastor for many years, running many different things. I failed the test, but I passed the course. That's the way God works. And I'm so grateful for the men who took a chance on me and spoke it over me, so on and so forth. So, folks, faith is something that we need to communicate, we need to release into people's lives. Okay, let's talk about interest. Again, this is not compound interest. This is interest in people. So what does Michael say in his book? He says, placing value. What is interest? Placing value on what is important to others. Placing value on what is important to others. Wow, this is, this is very profound. When we connect with people... We all have a passion, don't we? We all have different things that we like and we don't like. We all have a story. The longer you live, and I don't know who you are, but most of us like to tell our story, don't we? We like to go around and say, you know, when you start talking about something, you want to put your your, your 10 cents in there. You want to just say, you know, well, I've done that. I've been there. I've done this. Oh, man, I remember a time when we did this. And it it makes for fun conversation, you know? I was just in one of those connections just yesterday with, with a young man. We were just going back and forth and sharing stories, and it was fun. We showed interest, mutual interest in one another. But here's the, 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 the powerful truth in this. We need to learn to listen. Because we may have all the kind of stories, but it, what's amazing is when people begin speaking, we need to take time to listen to what they're saying. And, to take, and you know what, who is, who is one of my heroes and does this so well is my wife, Andrea. Andrea is such a wonderful listener. And she listens to you. And she can listen, and you tell the stories. And, you know, Andrea has a lot of wonderful experiences. She's done so many things, and professionally, the things that she's done musically and the wonderful experiences she's had, you know, she's not coming out and blurting those out. She just wants to listen to you. She, she wants to show you care, and that's really a challenge to me, and it's been a wonderful challenge. And yet, that's how you release people. That's how you get people to want to be with you, is you listen. And so it's showing interest in, when we show interest in what they have interest in, we show them value. That's a very powerful, powerful truth. And when people feel valued by you, they want to be with you, they're going to be attracted to you, they're going to be drawn to you because you like what they like, or at least you're interested in what they like. You know, for in my own personal life, twelve different schools in twelve years, four different states moving. Yeah, it was it was a bummer. It was hard as we moved around. And I remember despising that as a young man, just saying, Man, can can I ever just settle down and get to know some people and have my buddies? And and yeah, what was interesting is that I, I I've got buddies everywhere now. And and God bless Facebook for that that reason. Some of those some of those old buddies that I grew up with are watching this right now, living all over the all over the country. And then when I was in Fay- Fayetteville, Fort Bragg for 22 years, I began to realize, God, you got a sense of humor because I lived in the Midwest. I lived in the deep South. I lived in Kentucky. I lived in North Carolina. I lived in Iowa. Yeah, Iowa. And anyway, I lived in all these different places. <laughs> Jamie's from Iowa, so I like to pick on him. You know what? Iowa stands for him, don't you? Oh, I'm not going to say that. Anyway, uh, Anyway, but I was one of them. And so, anyway, I've been all over the place, and, and so as a result, oh, when these young soldiers would come in, I said, where are you from? They would tell me this story, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been there, done that. Cool, tell me where, where'd you live? And immediately, these young guys who came in so tight and afraid and cut off from their families would immediately feel an, uh, an affinity, someone who was reaching for them. And I tell you what, folks, that is, that is worth its weight in gold, listening, showing interest, communicating with people, wanting to hear their stories, and you know what? We're going to hear a lot of them if we're listeners. It's going to happen. And so what's our example in this regard? Well, it's Jesus himself, of course. Philippians chapter 2, a very powerful, very powerful chapter, by the way. It starts off this in verse 6. Who, being very nature God, this is Jesus, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped? In other words, he did not walk around saying, hey, how you doing? I'm God. You all listen up? Uh-uh. He goes on, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. But what comes before, leading up to every step is an amazing example to all of us. Jesus did not come, you know, flaunting who he was. Matter of fact, he never drew upon it. He never used, matter of fact, whenever anybody discovered what it was, he said, shh, don't tell anybody. You're, you're none other than the Son of God, aren't you? You're the Messiah, shh, 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 don't tell anybody that. Let's just go and minister and love people. That's powerful, isn't it? As an example to us. So it, it, really, it's the, it's the character quality we're shooting for there when it comes to human rela- our relationships with one another. In other words, I don't want to go around touting myself. I want to give you a chance to speak, I want to humble myself and serve you. See, servanthood is is so misunderstood when it comes to Christianity. It's something that we kind of arrive to kind of on 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 uh, uh, too late or or you know after the fact. But it should be the very first thing we learn as Christians: is to serve one another, to listen to one another. Because what again? It's the same. Are you call me to be a worm, or you just call me to be stepped on and kicked to the curb. Well, yeah, Jesus died on the cross. I mean, how low can you go? But he also rose from the dead and won the heart of billions. Talk about a man who's won friendships. Talk about one who impressed the world. Jesus is the greatest friend. He sticks closer than a brother. He's the one who has shown us utter, complete love for us because he made himself nothing. He put us first in front of himself to the point of giving his life for us. And he didn't even know you and me. I mean, he did know us. But I tell you, you know us face to face. And yet he died. And that's an amazing thing. That's our example. And so, now, we can't be Jesus, but Jesus does live inside us by the Holy Spirit, and it will tend toward this kind of servanthood. It'll tend toward leading us toward being, showing value for other people if we'll just let him. And as we do that, again, you say, what? again, here's the point. This is, this is the fruit, that as you do that, you will find people wanting to show interest in you. Once again, the, the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. The, the, you will reap what you sow. When you show that interest in people's lives, when you pour out value to people, guess what? It's going to come your way. You're going to reap it. People are going to naturally be drawn to people who show that kind of deference, that kind of willingness to serve them so powerful, so true. When we show interest in other people's interests, we, we show value. People open up and they begin to share what concerns or interests them the most. The more flexible and unf- and selfish that we are in this per- in this pursuit, excuse me, the more friends we'll have. So absolutely true. New interests, new friends. Cross that. You know, sometimes we just say, "Well, I don't," you know. Uh, can I pick on a little bit, just some of you? You know, the Super Bowl came and went, and you know, there's some people that I've talked to over the years that when I talk about football, they're just like, well, I, don't, I don't get into sports, and then they got this little sneer in their their face, and it's like, I don't, I don't follow sports. Okay, um, what else you want to talk about? And yet they had an opportunity to jump on board and say, I don't know any of the teams. Tell me, who's playing? What's it all about? I have no clue what football's all about, but you know what? I like you. Is football important to you, Pastor David? Yeah, it's okay. But let's talk about the big game. We got an opportunity. Why don't we just do it? It's okay. But to to push someone away sometimes, I think that's just, it's, it's not affording ourselves of the opportunity to show interest. Just one example of many. You know, uh, uh, you know when Andrew and I were getting to know one another, one of the things that happens with men and women is, of course, we find those those grounds of interest. You know, I'm kind of a manly man. I like sports. I like hunting. I like fishing. I like all that. And I got this this, this red haired woman who's into the arts and she's very sophisticated and she grew up in a military family. And I mean, our lives couldn't be more different. And yet, as we but we were deeply in love. And it's like, okay, how are we going to create the things we enjoy doing? And so anyway, I got her out into the fishing boat. And she's just like, yeah, it's the last place on the on the planet I want to be right now, but she was enjoying it. I don't know if I ever took her dove hunting with me. Probably didn't. Probably didn't. But we got close, or she helped me clean them afterward. That's worth something. But anyway, so one day, you know, and then, and and then also I like history. So we would go on our long walks, and, I'm, and, and she would just let me talk and talk and talk. I'm talking about the Civil War. It's one of my big things. I'm just going on and on and on. Well, did you know this? Did you know? That? And she's just sitting there listening politely. So one day I asked her, "I said, honey, you like to hear me talk about about history?" She said, "No." I'm like, "Well, why don't you stop me?" She goes, "Well, I just I just love you. I want to hear you talk. I want I know it's important to you." And I'm just like, "Gee whiz, are you are you sure you're not Jesus in the female form here?" I mean, it's just like, "Wow." So one day, she's going to collect, and she says, honey, there's a symphony tonight. It's Monday night. When I go to the symphony, I'm like, yes. Everything inside of me is saying no. But the words form because, you know, I'm a smart guy most of the time, or maybe some of the time. Anyway, so I go, and I'm thinking, man, this is going to be one of those nights where it's just going, you know? But you know what was cool? I was weeping before it was over. Because a guy named Joshua Bell, some of you may have heard of him. He's actually a virtuoso on the violin. Just happened to be playing in Fayetteville. And he started playing, and I was just like, what is this? Just undid me. It was like God came down and was playing through that instrument. And I looked at Andrew, and I said, I like symphony. And it was good. You know, sometimes when we take the bold step and we do something out of deference to the other one, we might just find that like the green eggs and ham that I could talk about from time to time, we might discover something that is new, something that's, that's life-changing, that's something that will also, in, in the end, becomes a new interest that solidifies your love for one another, draws you together. And by the way, you got to keep doing that. And that's a whole nother series, but you got to keep doing that. Okay, you got to keep doing it. As long as you are together holding hands and flying as two dove in the field, you need to rediscover one another as you go along. So anyway, making that is, is so important. So folks, how do we do this? Well, we make a careful study of our loved ones. And so just like we're taught in advertising, you don't just make stuff because you like it. No, you make stuff, what you study people's needs. So we want to make a study of one another. We want to we ask them questions, and asking questions, that's huge. So you meet someone for the first time. Where are you from? What do you do? what do you like? And then you just learn. So if they don't tell you, because sometimes you got to drag it out of people, don't you? Sometimes you got to ask them those leading questions. So, and then sometimes people are very untrusting and they're just like, yeah, you're not going to care what I I like. No, try me. Well, I like this. Oh, cool. I tried that once. Really? Yeah. Didn't like it, but tell me about it. You know? And watch what God does. Listen, show interest, make input. Little things can go a long way, folks. Learn how to wash people's feet. You know, now there's a physical washing of feet in the Bible, but I've got one that that, that, this is kind of the way I interpret this, and it's just me. But I see washing someone else's feet in a modern sense is more like this, that when you come up to me and you're going to share something, even if I've heard it many times before, I'm going to let you tell me. Or if you want to come up to minister to me. You got a word from God. Or you're going to share something with me. You know what? You know how many times that it's happened to me as a pastor? There's somebody will come up and say, Pastor David, I I got something for you. And they're sharing this word with me. Or they're giving me this, this, this revelation. Or they're sharing this book with me. In my heart, and I'm going, I know that. I've preached that 10 times. I've read the book. I could write a book on the topic. But because I love you. Because I want to give you place because I want to show value to you. Minister to me. Wash my feet. Go ahead. Do it. And I want to see the joy in your face as you're sharing that. I want to see you enjoying what you're doing. Even in, And this can actually apply to the stories that people share with you. Jamie and I sit in the office. How many times have we shared our childhood stories? A dozen times. And we still we look at each other like we're hearing it for the first time. Really? That's cool. You told me that 20 times. But bro... I love you, man. You're my friend. That's how we do that. Show interest. Regardless. Don't cut people off. Hey, man, I heard that 20 times. Shut up. Okay. I'll be back when I got a new story. You know? Washing people's feet. So interesting. I want to finish with this. You know, I got a friend. His name is Mike Adams. And I like to use Mike. Mike is big hardy guy who works out in landscaping and whatnot. He's been a buddy of mine for a long time. And uh, I don't really want to share this part of it, but I'm going to. He's from Ohio, and he's an Ohio State fan, and I'm from Michigan, and I'm a Michigan fan. Those people don't mix, for the most part. But he and I are buddies, and we look past that, which is a good word for all of us here in this room when it comes to sports, isn't it? But Mike, so I go up to Mike, and he walks up to me, and he's gonna, he, he just looks at me, hey, Pastor David. He goes, hey, are you still swimming? I said, oh, no, I gave that up about a year ago. I said, man, I was just putting on too much weight. And it made me hungry like a beast. And I was getting too, you know, bulked up. And I said, I just, I wanted to try something different. And, he, and, and so anyway, he was just smiling and listened to me. And I took the opportunity. And I don't know what came over me. But I just started bragging about all the swimming I used to do. And I went on and on. And on. I was like, man, I used to swim miles at a time. And, you know, I did this and I did that. Man, I could swim even without kicking my feet. And, and Mike's just looking at me, just smiling, loving me. And, he, and then he pats me on the back after it was all done. Well, I love you, Dave. You have a great one. And I walked away, going, You'll yeah, see, you, Mike. I got home. And that next morning, I woke up and I was going, Wait a minute. Mike was a professional swimmer. <laughs> that dude used to swim in the ocean. He was a lifeguard on, at Virginia Beach. The dude was a beast. He swam in the ocean where the sharks are. And he, they would swim miles up and down the coast through rip tides and the whole nine yards. Here I am, bink, 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 <laughs> bink, thinking I'm all that in a bag of chips. And Mike never said a word. Never said a word. He could have easily jumped in and just say, "David, dude, if you, you couldn't hang with us, you couldn't. I mean, he didn't. He just loved me, and let me be." Just just enjoy listening to me. And I told him after, when he goes, David, you're my friend. We're not going to do that. Wonderful example, isn't it? Washing each other's feet shows interest. When your spouse begins telling you something you've heard a hundred times, keep listening. When somebody's telling you a story you're not even really interested in, listen. You're showing them value. Take the opportunity to love them that way. Folks, that is how you can build and create new friends, I promise you. Someday they may ask you, hey, did you like, do you like talking about this? Not really. But because they trust you, they love you, and they've seen what you've done, man, you've gained a friend a more loyal than anyone you could ever possibly have. Amen? Isn't that good stuff? Amen. Let's stand up this morning. Thanks for joining our live stream today. Make sure to like our Facebook page. And if you want more information about us, make sure to visit us at our website, valleychurch.us. Or go and download our Valley Church app called Valley Church Weldon. If you feel led to give today, you can give on our website and on our app.